Hi, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and welcome to my podcast here from the Possum Trot Studios in awesome Austin, Texas. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you here. This is a very special day because we have a very good interview with a neighbor of mine. Doug the Neighbor interviews his neighbors. But first off, a little bit of housekeeping. We'd like to welcome Jojo Bear, our production assistant. I've had Jojo Bear here for many, many years, and we'd like to welcome him here for the podcast because he makes sure we do the job right. We have a very special guest here today, and I will get to him in just a second. But first, let's check on the weather window. Yes, it. we here in awesome Austin, Texas. We don't know if it's going to rain. It keeps threatening to rain. But always remember, it's sunny in America. And, of course, today we have a sports quote of the day, and I hope you enjoy this. The sports quote is, Think like a winner, be a winner. And that comes from yours truly, Doug the Neighbor. Think like a winner, and you will be a winner. Okay, very good. Now, today we have a a very special guest here. Doug the Neighbor interviews his neighbors, and I'd like to welcome... Gary Dassing to the Possum Trot Studios. We are sitting here at the coffee bar. We have our Dr. Pepper here. Gary, welcome to the Possum Trot Studios. Howdy, Doug. How's it going? Uh, It's going quite well, and we're very grateful for you to come by of your busy schedule and, and do a podcast with us. Now, Gary, you are my neighbor. Yes, Yes, I am. Yes, that's good. You're in Terrytown. Here, here, here in awesome Austin, Austin, yeah. Austin, Texas. Now, Gary, your last name is Dassing. D A S S I N G. That's a very interesting name. Is it German or French? Uh, my parents immigrated. That's all right. Keep going. And my great-grandparents immigrated from France. Your great-grandparents immigrated from France. Did they pass through uh, Ellis Island in New York City? No, Louisiana, New oh, Orleans. Oh, they came through New Orleans? Well, that's very, very interesting. And then somehow, someway, they got to Texas, right? That is correct. Okay. Now, uh, have you ever taken the... Uh, DNA test, Gary? I have not, Doug. Does it interest you? It uh, sure does. It, it's, uh, Just haven't gotten around to haven't it. Haven't gotten around to it. I'd like to, Doug the neighbor would like to do this also. Just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, but you believe Dassing is a French name? I've been told many things. I've been told, me, told it's uh, Northern Germany. French, it yeah. could be French, it could be Romanian, but none of us really know. Okay, uh, the, uh, the uh, DNA test will help you, and I believe it's very inexpensive now. Uh, the, one of the best ones I've heard is 123andMe. Are there others? Not too sure on that. I've heard of other DNA tests. I'm just 
Not sure of it. Not sure of it, yeah. but something to try. That's and, right. And I'm going to do the, the same thing. Well, Gary, we're very glad to have you here. And, of course, our first question is, did you ever have a teddy bear when you were growing up? I did not, but I had pets. You had pets. Oh, tell me about your pet. I had a cat named uh, Tuba, uh -huh. and I had another one named Stubby, and they were both Manxes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's Tubby and Stubby. <laughs> Tuba and Stubby. Oh, Tuba and Stubby. Yeah, they were both Manxes. They both had cottontails. And they both had cottontails. Yeah. Oh, that's uh -huh. very funny. That's very funny. Okay. Well, let's get started here, Gary. Uh, where were you born? I was born in San Antonio. In San Antonio, Texas. Okay, that's very interesting. Now, where where did you go to high school? I went to John Jay High School. That's like uh, South Side. John Jay High School that's on correct. the South Side of San Antonio. Were you the Lions, Tigers, or Bears? Uh, we were the Mustangs. Go Mustangs! Go Mustangs! That's <laughs> great. Are you in touch with any of your high school buddies? I'm sure am. Most of them, I'm still in touch with. Oh, that's good. We here at uh, the Possum Trot Studios, Doug the Neighbor, are big believers in new friends are like silver and old friends are like gold. And with the internet, we can still stay in touch with our old friends and new friends, and that is what makes us very wealthy. Now, uh, Gary, did you uh, go to college? I did not. Did not. Okay. So tell me what happened after high school. What was your adventure after high school? My adventure after high school, well, I was a musician and seeing that Austin was such a liberal place with the booming music scene. Yes. I decided to immigrate up here right after high school. Oh, that's very interesting. And what is your Austin day, the day that you arrived in awesome Austin, Texas? September 13th, 1991. Oh, well, very nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. That was the start of your Austin adventure. Now, you get, you're out of school. You get to Austin. It's a new place. You have friends. And, and did you have any family up here or just friends? I just had a brother. I didn't have any friends yet. Uh-huh. And, but your brother was already here. Right, right. Oh, oh, okay. And so what did you do? What was your first job? My first job was with the Department of Transportation. DOT? Yeah, the DOT. And what did you do? I was a delivery boy. I delivered down documents down to the Capitol, the Comptroller's office, Attorney General's. Well, that's not bad. That's a great job. Yeah, it was in, very interesting at it, the time. I, very interesting. And you have a further story concerning that uh, job. It's how I met my wife. She was a secretary on one of my drop-offs, <laughs> and uh, this year uh, we celebrated our 20th year. Marriage. That is absolutely beautiful. You met your wife while you were delivering packages to uh, the company or to the... Uh, it was uh, on one of my department of uh, transportation drop-offs, and uh, it was almost like an opposites attract thing. She was a secretary, very Susie homemaker, can I say, and uh -huh. I was the very odd David Bowie-ish musician, and uh, we just clicked. That's a beautiful love story. We absolutely love that. Now, you mentioned you were a band member. Now, Gary, uh, are 
you did you have a band when you got here to Austin, Texas? I sure did. What was the name of the band? Well, the name of the band is Mentallo and the Fixer. Mentallo and the Fixer. Yeah, that's that spelled M E N T A L O. Mentallo and the Fixer. Now, uh, who was in your band? Who was Mentallo? Uh, that was me. And who is the Fixer? That was my brother. Okay. Now, you're a very smart man, having chatted with you, and uh, I can understand where Mentallo came from. Tell us about your brother. My brother uh, went to uh, A&M in the early 80s. Texas A&M, yeah, Texas to, those, A&M. to those podcast listeners outside of the state of Texas. Texas A&M is a very large school based in uh, College Station. And he went there for electronics, and he was pretty much a, a fix-it man when it came to old-school electronics. Me and my brother had keyboards and computers, and yes. if anything ever went with, wrong with them, he could just pop them open and go to work. Fix them. Yeah, fix them. That, that's you know, he, why he became the fixer, the fixer of your band, Mentallo and the Fixer. That is correct, Doug. Now, what sort of instruments did you play? We were both keyboardists. Okay. But uh, my brother started out on trumpet and guitar, believe it or not. And uh-huh. I started out on xylophones and drums. Xylophone. Now, tell me, what is a xylophone? A xylophone is laid out like a piano, except you hit it like where it chimes with mallets. Oh, with ma- that is a xylophone. Right. Now, if... I've seen a couple of big ones that were like eight feet long, and uh, people are you know banging on them with their drums, not drumsticks, but I guess they're mallets. Mallets, okay, mm-hmm. they're mallets. And I've seen little ones. What size xylophone would you have? The one I currently have is about uh, three feet in length. So oh, three feet in yeah. length. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, how would you describe your music? It's electronic. It ranges from very experimental movie soundtrackish to uh, crazy club music. Okay. All right. Now, do you have uh, CDs, albums? Uh, uh, I've been very fortunate along the way, Doug. I got signed to a record label when uh, I was pretty young. Good. And uh, how I got signed was a good friend of mine told me I would never get signed. And <laughs> the it, challenge was it, there, Gary. It ticked me off, and I got signed to my friend's favorite record label three weeks later. That's excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. So uh, you play the xylophone, your brother plays the guitar, and you said... Uh, the trumpet. Tr- trumpet, okay. Mm-hmm. And your music is electronic. Uh, is that is that means it's computer-generated? Yeah. <sighs> It, it is, in, in essence, my brother and I were the first to run computers and keyboards back in the mid-80s here in Texas. Oh, back in the mid-80s? That is a long time ago. Right. Just to load the piece of software took 30 minutes. In today's terms, you could literally load it in two seconds. Yes, But yes. we're talking old-school technology. Okay. Oh, yes, old-school technology. Now, uh, how many CDs do you have? I think we have around 20 at 
if I'm not mistaken, Doug. And can our podcast listeners get your music on any of the platforms? Oh, yeah, just about all the platforms. Uh, We're on Amazon. We've got our own wiki page. Okay, so Mentallo and the Fixers. For our podcast listeners, you're able to purchase uh, any of Gary's uh, 20 CDs. Uh, What is your latest uh, CD? It's called uh, Arrange the Molecule. Arrange the Molecule. Okay, well, for our podcast listeners, take a look at uh, Gary Dassing's uh, website, Wikipedia Wikipedia page, uh, and Amazon for Arrange the Molecule uh, by... Metallo and the Fixer. That is correct, Doug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, uh, do, do you have your own studio? My brother and I used to have a pretty large home recording studio back in the day. So if it's uh, if it's in the garage, it's a garage band. If it's in the st- home studio, what is it called? Right, but... <laughs> Making a joke, Gary. Right. No, I, I understand, Doug. I mean, everything was soundproofed. We had a large 32-channel mixer back then. We had over 50 keyboards. 50 keyboards? 50. 50. That was our addiction, was oh. the equipment. Uh, so th- would that uh, uh, would that be KTS, uh, Keyboard Traumatic Syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I, 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 hey, I, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> Doug the Neighbor just made that <laughs> one up. That's why I was searching. Maybe it's KBTS, Keyboard Traumatic Syndrome. Better than having a real addiction, I mean, but, you know, uh, kept me out of trouble for a long time. Uh, Music makes the world go around, Gary. It's Uh, absolutely beautiful. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier that your addiction, KBTS, uh, resulted in uh, something that you're very, very proud of in, in a magazine. Tell me about that, please. Oh, it was the day uh, my brother and I were reviewed in Keyboard Magazine by the editor-in-chief who started it, Jim Aiken. He gave us Spotlight Feature of the Month, and I just happened to pick up the the magazine on a whim, and I saw us in there being reviewed, and I just nearly collapsed, and uh, he actually paid attention to what we produced. What, what Metallo and the mm. Fixer music was about. And, and and it was all keyboards and, you know, the whole idea that we recorded it at home mm-hmm. was a big thing because we were recording it all uh, analog tape, old school. It wasn't yes. anything digital. Okay. And uh, he paid attention to it, gave a spotlight of the month, and... Uh, like I said, it floored me, but at the same time, I felt I peaked out because it was a dream of mine as a youngster when I was in middle school to right. get into that magazine. magazine. Yes, yes. And I've been in it three times, and it's just like every time I've been in it, I just want to knock myself in the jaw going, is this really happening? Uh, the dream comes true, and it comes true because this is the United States of America, Gary. You can pursue your dreams, and things can happen. If I'm, you can dream it, it will happen. Right. You have to work hard. You have to be dedicated, and you just have to never give in. You have to do it for the love of it first. Yes, yes. It's yes. got to be a passion. Everything else is icing on the cake. 
mm-hmm. afterwards. Yes, follow your heart. Right. Oh, that's now uh, your band, uh, Metallo and the the Fixers. Uh, did you travel uh, with the band? Were uh, uh, were you on tour? New- numerous tours. We had toured the United States, I believe. Four times. We've gotten up into Canada. We played Germany and France. Oh, excellent. Excellent. They were very fruitful tours. They were just touring his work. Well, that's great. And uh, uh, you had, you were telling me a story that uh, you had a, uh, a rule for you and your bandmates. It wasn't just bandmates. It was anyone like roadies. There were no habits on the road. So the rule was? No habits. And keep, a, keep a straight head. This is work. You can have fun after you get home. After you get home, but no habits. No and, habits. And I didn't want any. Uh, I didn't want any of that drama on the road. And that's why you became successful as a, a, a band, Metallo and and the Fixer, and ended up with twenty CDs. Right, because once you start touring and you make it real for the fan, your sales will increase. We noticed within a six month fold of our first tour, our sales tripled. Really? Oh, yeah. So it was not only a, a creative endeavor with your music, uh, it was a business aspect. And by setting up these rules to, uh, to, to run the band on tour and uh, no habits. That it, was, uh, it was a hard thing to learn in all honesty, Doug. Um, I just wanted it to be a band. But you have to treat it as a business. Otherwise, you will not be fruitful. Financially, yes, financially, and, right, and, and the bands will dis- disintegrate. Most of them do. Most of them do. Uh, the Mamas and Papas were only around for three years. The Beatles was uh, six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, but Metallo and the Fixer, they have been around for what since uh, nineteen ninety one. So uh, nine and nineteen was that twenty eight, twenty eight years. Yeah, I've been, I've been lucky. I've had a dedicated fan base. That's excellent. Excellent. Very good to hear that. Now, uh, when you uh, got here, Gary, you were a little nervous about uh, doing the podcast with Doug the Neighbor. How do you feel right now? I feel like, you know, I feel very comfortable. I okay. feel at ease. I'm at home. Okay. Well, it's basically two neighbors uh, chatting here at the coffee bar at the Possum Trot Studios, enjoying our Dr. Peppers. Okay. All the way from Waco, created. <laughs> <laughs> All the way from Waco. Yes, yes. So, uh, now, Gary... Music takes up time. You have to practice. You have to come up with a song, a lyric, something, 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 to get to a point of accepting something, rejecting something, and then molding your creative endeavor. It takes time. It it came differently. When I was young, I would turn out a song in a day. I would go strictly off a passion what I was feeling, and I'd have to have it recorded by the end of the day. Oh, very good. Otherwise, I felt I lost. I could lose the feeling the next day. Right. Um, On songs that my brother composed, it was a bit more methodical, let's say. It was planned out, uh, more produced. Uh Uh-huh. And as I've come along over the last 
25 years, I've, I, I approach music differently with every album. How I'm going to record it, I may rely on a computer, I may rely on a person to play it live. Yes. So it varies. I need to keep challenged. Like I have a new project going now where it's me, my brother, and an old friend from San Antonio. We are all playing our keyboards live. There are no computers or anything else running anything. We're actually playing. Oh, I like this. So your uh, creative music talents and inspiration have changed over the years, uh, and now you're to this this particular project, creative project, that has inspired you to have the three of you playing uh, uh, keyboards. Right. I I just came to the point where I did all I could do with the technology that's out there today. I feel like I topped out with the craziness and the experimentation. Yes. I just want to go get back to the basics. I like, like that. Like when I was a kid. Okay. Having just a couple of keyboards and trying to make things work with a couple of keyboards as per se having a computer that can do anything. Right. You know, technology has come so far today, Doug. Um, look, Ma, no hands. Oh, yes, yes. Absolutely. And there's no you, passion. There's no passion. So and, do you think there's a hope for Doug the Neighbor to have a rock and roll band since I cannot sing or play a musical instrument? Uh, with a computer, you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, <Gary. laughs> you know. <laughs> well, who, who knows? Uh, we have a great phrase around here. Uh, never let talent get in the way of your dreams. <laughs> hey, uh, hey I, I'm there with you, though. But it really applies to me. (laughs) The only thing I can play is a jukebox. (laughs) Hey, hey, that's fine, too. Hey, just as long as it's Mentel on the fixer. Okay, we'll do that. (laughs) All right. Well, this is very interesting. And, of course, you said that the three of you, you, your brother, and your friend, longtime friend from San Antonio, were going to play Keyboards, obviously, you have a choice of 57 different keyboards. Back in the day, yeah, that's that was our max amount that we got to, I believe. We owned uh, 57 keyboards or keyboard units. Uh-huh. And my brother and I, that was, like I said, it was our addiction. Um, KBTS. Right. Keyboard Bind. traumatic syndrome. Yeah, and hey, that's fine, just as long as it kept us out of trouble. Um, it <laughs> and was you good, had the room. <laughs> right, and we had the room. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would say, y'all aren't going to buy one more keyboard. And I'd tell my brother, she'll never know we have so many already. You know, <laughs> so hey, it's all good. You know, we, we were just very fortunate, my brother and I. We worked hard for a, our equipment yes. when we were young. Mm-hmm. My brother and I uh, had a lawn mowing service, and we do about three lawns a day. Right. And we'd flip burgers, and we just throw ourselves into debt, you know, buying all these keyboards. And technology was real expensive back then. Yes. Oh, yes. It's not like today. So, um, and we get a lot of deals at pawn shops. Well, very good. Wise you know? shopping. Good steward of your money. So, working, working hard for your money. And then wise shopping. Very good. I, I was very proud of what, you know, I've, I'm still proud of what we accomplished today. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, like I said, it's always going to be a passion. Mm-hmm. And you, you, 
I'm really excited about the new stuff we're doing because I don't want to be playing bars or clubs okay. or venues. I want to play more or less um, like art galleries, oh, something okay. a bit more upscale to where anyone can walk in the door right. and have some form of entertainment Yes, as opposed to, you know, clubs are very, you've got your clicks, mm-hmm. you know, like with our Mentello and the Fixer music. Mm-hmm. It's a niche or, or a clique of people that like that style of music. Well, your audience. Right, my audience. And they're very uh, eclectic, let's say. Okay. But I want something more universal now. Right. Now that I'm older. Uh, an older crowd. Right. But, but they still like the golden oldies that you produced years ago. Right. And you wish to give them a little flavor of that, but you wish to move on with your creative talents. Gotcha. Correct? Yeah, that is correct, Doug. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Well, we like the story of how you hustled to get the money for uh, your keyboards. That's this, this is America, and it's real simple. You have a dream, you pursue it. That's it. I, I remember my mom got my mom and my dad co- co-signed uh, our first loan when I was probably about seventeen. It was seven grand. Whoa! And this was what in '86, mm-hmm. and we knew we could pay it off, mm-hmm. and we paid it off way ahead of time, just mowing lawns every day. Right. We weren't, and we. I learned the value of interest, how it worked against a loan. Right. Paid it down, didn't mm-hmm. have to pay all that extra interest. That's right, right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I learned finances by want, wanting that gear back in the day. Right, right. And I, that's, it's a, a lesson even to this day, how I budget money. Right. And how I spend. Right, right. And also a lesson to any young musicians out there who wish to start a band and are overwhelmed by the cost of equipment. The key is go to a pawn shop, get yourself a guitar. Uh, get yourself a job, uh, work at the, the Burger King, uh, do anything to get some money coming in so that you can pursue your dream. And this is America. No, everyone wishes you well, just do it. Now, uh, going back to a question I had earlier about uh, coming up with a creative idea takes time what other things do you do uh, to to on your downtime? My other passions are gardening, plants. Let's talk about gardening. Let's talk about gardening. Okay. Uh, you had mentioned that when you first moved into the area, uh, you uh, lived by a park, and your wife uh, planted some uh, bamboo. Well, bamboo. There, 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 there was bamboo already growing in the yard, so. Instead of cutting it down, we would water it every day, and it got into this huge, thick patch, which took over half of the front yard. Okay. Well, my wife, she went out there and would deroot it, uh-huh. and she hollowed out this big patch right. in the center of this bamboo patch, and it was like a little um, terrarium. You know, you could... Uh, she put benches in there. Oh, really? Yeah, it was beautiful and it, great for the summertime. Oh, I'm sure. Great for the summertime. You could spray that bamboo off at the water hose. Uh-huh. The wind would be blowing. Yes. Get all this cool air coming through the bamboo. Did your wife have a name for this type of garden? That's a very interesting concept. Uh, it was the sort bamboo of like, sanctuary? Well, it was sort of like an Allison, Alice in Wonderland place or our little Garden of Eden. 
Very as good. I would put it. So, so to describe this uh, to the uh, podcast listeners, bamboo grows very rapidly and prolifically. Pro, I love that name uh, word, prolifically. Am I even saying prolifically? Pro- prolifically, yes. Here in the awesome Austin, Texas area. It'll grow a couple of feet overnight. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And what uh, Gary's wife has done is cultivated the the bamboo in an area and then cut out the bamboo in the center and placed benches and chairs in there for a little garden, thus creating a a sanctuary. That's it. Yeah, a sanctuary. Put wind chimes in there, decorative art statues. Right, right. And then to water it with the breeze uh, creates air conditioning. Yeah, oh, it was beautiful. Uh, I couldn't tell you how many people would stop by, take pictures of it. My wife would go out there and go, go in there. Uh, Enjoy yourselves. I mean, it's sort of like a community thing. That's why it was out in the front yard. Oh, well, that was excellent. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Now, you have... uh, you you'd mentioned that you enjoy gardening, but you have a green thumb concerning something called cactus. Cactus. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love cactus. Okay, what sort of cactus would you grow? I like everything from prickly pear to San Pedro's. San Pedro's are the ones I like to cultivate the most. They are okay. from Peru. From Peru, they're called San Pedro's. Mm-hmm. P e d r o Pedro. That, that's correct. Okay, now are those the ones the cactuses where their hands are uh, up? No. Up? They're they're a columnar, meaning they they are like a straight shaft. They don't have the arms like a sargo cactus. They grow very tall. I've seen them as tall as uh, 15 feet tall. Mine got as large. I probably had 40 of them, and they all got to about 7 or 8 feet tall. And one night, it froze. They all froze in the freezing rain out here. Generally, they're good. Yes, in freezing weather, but freezing rain is something different, yes. and half of them went to mush within 30 minutes. Oh, that is so Yeah, sad. I nearly cried. It was... Oh, my god! Because they, they only grow about a foot a year. Right. Well, Gary, you know that I'm from El Paso, Texas, out there in the desert. I am a desert rat, so I am in love with cactuses, and I've uh, planted some cactuses in my backyard, and I suffered the same thing you did, where I have uh, now a fungus in my uh, cactus, and I have lost some cactuses, and which is very amazing. I've never seen this before because I'm used to cactuses growing out in the desert and living through everything. Now right. there is something going on with a cactus fungus and losing cactuses through freeze freezing rain. I've never seen this before. Right. Um, as far as the fungus goes, could be overwatering. Who's to say? It, it really don't know. I mean, right, right. I find it very interesting. And to our podcast listeners who are cactus people. Please email me, Doug the Neighbor, and let us know. Call or write a letter to the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas, and let us know. We are very interested in things like that, and in, and uh, we have this problem. We've got a cactus problem. Yeah, it's strange because cactus are real resilient plants. Yes, 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 yes. And we always uh, enjoy the fruit of cactus. Uh, so uh, for those of you who can put two and two together, 
together. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've got a very interesting story uh, concerning uh, some animals that came to your house there in the bamboo sanctuary. Please tell us that story. Yeah, when I first moved there, uh, there were a couple of raccoons living under my house, and I was a little bit in fear because they'd make growling, all these crazy noises. I had cats, but they became accustomed to my cats, and there were several times they'd be out on the porch with my cats, and one of them one day was laying in the chair with my cat, picking fleas out of it. I thought it was the strangest thing, and I, they had been eating the cat's cat food. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. uh, they became accustomed to us, and one night, I'd, I'll call her mama, because she had a litter under my house. Oh, a litter under your house. A litter under my house, and raccoons can be very vicious, but uh, they, they were feral, but they knew my wife and I, and they were cool with us, come right up to us, and we would feed them back in the day, and one night I'm out on my porch having a smoke, and it's dark out there, and I feel something brush against me. I'm assuming it's one of my cats, and I feel this little nick on my 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 shin there, and uh, look down, and it's Mama. <laughs> mama raccoon. Yeah, Mama, and she gives me a love bite, but at the same time, I was like, she wanted, she just wanted some food. Yes, yes. And I noticed uh, she had nicked my skin, and I thought, oh no, I'm gonna have to go get rabies shots now. Oh, yes. Which I did. Yes. Luckily, I have a good insurance. Yes, yes. So, but I mean, uh, I have a passion for wild animals, Doug. Oh, that's great. And you know, great. So, so much as you know with. Austin being developed. Yes. You know, and the hill country being developed. Yes. The wild animals have nowhere to go, so they're coming into the city yes. looking yes. looking for food. Right, right. And you have another story at your new house here in the uh, neighborhood uh, concerning some wild animals. Right. I, I feed a couple of jackrabbits right now, <laughs> and uh, they're feral, but one of them knows me. Okay. And he'll come right up to me, and I'll throw him a piece of bread. I'll sit on the ground, eye level to him. Uh huh. Got a bowl of water out there, and now he'll literally come running up to me. Oh, and have you named this new yeah, friend? Yeah, well, it's Peter Rabbit. <laughs> Peter yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, Peter Rabbit. So. <laughs> I love that they're story. They're real peculiar creatures. You, you know, when you look into the eye of an animal, you realize there's intelligence going on oh, in they, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, I'm just a sucker, uh, you know. Oh, oh, I am too. We have uh, we have a, a set of squirrels out here at the back of the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas, and so I uh, take a handful of peanuts and feed it to them, and uh, just love sitting there watching them. I love Doug the neighbor loves animals also. Right so, on, Doug. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now, uh, do you have any domesticated animals? I have cats. You have cats? I have a cat now. Cat now? Right. Have one time I had 13 cats. You had 13 cats? Yeah. They called me the crazy cat man. The crazy they, cat they were, man. They were all strays, but they were all spayed and neutered. Right. Fixed. They right. all had their shots. And, right. 13 uh, cats. 13. They either passed away from old age or were taken by coyotes. 
Oh my gosh. Oh but, you know, coyotes is just the call of the wild. Uh, and, absolutely. you know, they go quick. Yes, yes, absolutely true. Now, the cats that, how many cats do you have now? I have my last one, the last of the Mohicans. His name is Sheba. <laughs> that, that would be a she. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a he. Oh, it's a he. Yeah, Sheba's a he. And he just wandered in my yard one day when. I lived down the street here, and he was just a tiny kid, and I thought, where did he come from? Yes. Uh, sure Derek, enough. Word is out in the cat and animal world that your house is a sanctuary. Right. <laughs> Keyboards and animals. <laughs> That's correct, Doug. <laughs> Be proud of that. Now, you had mentioned uh, that uh, you have... Uh, traveled a fair amount with your uh, band. Do you have any summer plans uh, for travel, anything like that? I, I, don't, I don't at the moment, but my plan is next year is to do road trips around Texas. I'd like to get out to like Big Bend in Standard Rock. I'd like to go see the the Buddy Holly Museum. That's on my bucket list. Oh, it's on Doug the Neighbor's bucket list, too, up in Lubbock, Lubbock Texas. Lubbock, Texas. We have a very good friend up there. We would love to visit up in Lubbock, Texas, and go to the Buddy Holly Museum in Lubbock, Texas. And to all of our podcast listeners... Buddy Holly uh, is one of the uh, greats in the rock and roll business. Sadly, his life was taken at a very young age, February 4th, 1959, with the Big Bopper and Richie Valens, uh, so uh, in Clear Lake, uh, Minnesota. The uh, Minnesota? I can't recall. Uh, it's Clear Lake. Yeah. I think it was Minnesota. They were flying to Fargo. Were they? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, Buddy Holly was from the Lubbock, Texas area, and he is buried in Lubbock, Texas, and there is a museum in Lubbock, Texas, and Gary and I both have a passion. It's on our life adventure list uh, to go to uh, Lubbock, Texas, and see the Buddy Holly Museum. Well, that's very interesting. Now, uh, you... Uh, told me that you collected things, uh, that you have a, a very, uh, not odd co collection, but you've been collecting things. Uh, I collect coins. You collect coins. Coins, yeah, coins, crystals. At one time I collected telescopes. Telescopes? Yeah. Oh, really? Are you yeah. a stargazer? Yeah, my, my brother and I were very into astronomy back in the day. We'd have, we each had refractors and a reflector telescope. Okay. Well, one's are, one is good for planetary viewing, yep. one is good for deep space viewing. And we take them out to Mansfield Dam out here when we first moved here before yes. it was developed. You'd get no light distortion out there. And you could actually see the Milky Way about 25 years ago. When really? Out, when you, yeah, Mansfield right. Dam, you can't anymore. Uh, because of light, light distortion. Light yeah. distortion, yeah. yes, mm -hmm. because of the growth of the city. Right. No, I'm often fascinated with that sort of stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, co coins are a passion. Uh, you know, since uh, I work in a place where a lot of foreign students come into. Yes, yes. Uh, I ask them if they have coins from their home countries, and I've been having a coin collection for the, like, past 15 years. And oh, excellent, excellent. And uh, the mere fact of an older coin could have uh, bought bread uh, hundreds of years ago is a, a real thrill yeah. to Doug the neighbor. Yeah, I've got, my oldest coin is from Dutch East India Trading Company. Yes. 
my favorite coins, though, are the the Indian nickel heads. The, the Indian head on the nickel. On the American, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm fa fascinated with Na Native American culture. Oh yes, so am I. In fact, uh, in my earlier podcast, I just uh, when I called names, if you wish to look it up, I figured out that I had 38 different names. Wow. Uh, yes, well, it, uh, it's rather humorous podcast. Okay. Uh, not only my legal name, Doug the Neighbor, my podcast name, YouTube name, and uh, Instagram name, but I also have a legal name for all references. And I uh, have a basketball nickname, a soccer nickname, a uh, restaurant nickname. A, gotcha. Uh, these are a James Bond nickname. And when I spill uh, when, when a James Bond nickname, when I do something glorious and good-looking and fantastic and also a... Three Stooges nickname when I uh, spill milk down my shirt, you know, which we've all been there. It's funny because concerning our last name, uh, my aunt, I convinced her at one point. I go, you know, I found out the origin of our last name. And she goes, yeah, well, what does it mean? I go, it means he who bathes with pigs. And I had her believing me. <laughs> and then I, I had to pull the ringer on her. I go, you know, Aunt Betty, I'm just joking. You know? I know it sounds extreme, but... <laughs> Gary, that is really funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Now, you also stated that you have a collection of... Uh, movies. You're a movie buff. Yeah, I love, uh, I like American movie classics, but I like a lot of movies from the 70s when I was growing up as a child. Yes. And, you know, my high school years in the 80s. Yes. So, yes. yeah, that's what I I like collecting is, you know, movies from that time period. And okay. Okay. And this is John Jay High School in Sa San, Antonio. San Antonio. The Mustangs. That's right. I graduated in class of 87. A class of 87. And I know that you will forward this podcast to all your old friends because old friends are like gold. Yes. And they'll want to catch up with you and see how you're doing. Well, Gary, this has just been an absolute Beautiful interview. Uh, you My are, pleasure. Uh, just ha absolutely beautiful to have you here. And we hope that our uh, podcast listeners uh, have enjoyed uh, this podcast, uh, listening to Gary Dassing, one of my neighbors, a music man uh, that has traveled the world and still creates. And uh, we certainly appreciate him being here. And in, uh, we thank him, and we now, uh, Doug the Neighbor, wish to say thank you to Gary again. We're very grateful. He is my neighbor. And we'd like to say to our podcast listeners to always take your karma vitamins, A, B, and K. Always be kind. And thank you for listening to Doug the Neighbor's podcast. All the best. <laughs>